It's difficult when you're any age to be told that you have a condition that is both currently incurable and degenerative, so you will get worse over time. And I wanted to do an event that would not only attract people and with Parkinson's and their friends and family, but people that had nothing to do with Parkinson's, and I wanted them to just come to the event because of the event. Hello everyone and welcome back to Breaking Bread. Very glad to have you with us today uh, for this very special episode. It's a bit of a bonus episode obviously. It's only been a week since we released. We normally do every two weeks but we recorded this last Monday and we just wanted to get it out there as soon as possible. Obviously we're doing it to promote the Parkinson's UK Secret Supper. So this episode is with Gail and Barry. Gail is the Midlands Regional Fundraiser for Parkinson's UK. Uh, as you'll hear in the episode, just an amazing charity. do some really great things. She runs a lot of events, including this supper club, which was a massive success last year, 2019. It's back for 220. So you do not want to miss that. Barry is somebody with the condition. Um, just a really great bloke. <laughs> He was a great laugh, as you'll hear in the podcast, really game. Um, talks really well about Parkinson's and what it's like living with Parkinson's and what it's like for his family. So that's really nice and we were very glad to be able to sit down and chat with two amazing people, really doing incredible things. So as I've said, this is for the Supper Club, so... We talk quite a lot about it in the episode, so I don't going to go into it too much, but I just want to make sure you you know all about it. It's the Secret Supper. It's Tuesday the 28th of April. I think it starts just after work, somewhere. welcoming drinks are at the Lost and Found between half five or maybe even 5pm, up until about six, and then you get on your way. Then I think we get split into groups, and then you have one course in three different restaurants so really great idea great fun the world cup and drinks it's meant to be a bit of a raffle and yeah you'll hear all about it so as i said tickets are on sale now i'll put all the links to where you can get the tickets from on the show notes so just have a little glance there click on it buy your ticket i think it's 35 pound for the free courses help a great cause just just a really good thing to do and even if you're not interested in the cherry aspect, that's fine. It's just a good foodie night. So, yeah, make sure you join us there for that. We'll obviously be there. Looking forward to it. Yeah, so I hope you like this episode. I'm just going to keep this really short because I just want to get straight into this. So, ladies and gentlemen, Barry and Gail. Hello and welcome to Breaking Bread. The Birmingham-based food podcast presented by Food Obsessed Mates, Liam and Carl. I'm Liam, this is Carl. Hello. Today we are very lucky to be joined by Gail and Barry. Hello. 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 Today we're going to be talking maybe something a little bit different and 
we'll bring it back to how it is food related because obviously we're meant to be a food podcast but this is most definitely food uh, related so if you just keep tuned you'll hear all about something special we got coming up so i'd like to kind of just start maybe some of our listeners might not know i mean i think everyone has a vague idea about parkinson's and what it is um do you want to just tell us a little bit about it us maybe barry first yeah, um, Parkinson's is the second most common neurological disorder in the country. Um, two people every hour in the UK are diagnosed with Parkinson's. Um, but most people think of it affecting elderly people, um, where actually 1 in 20 of those diagnosed are under the age of 40 at the time they're diagnosed. That is a surprise because, like, I, I I did think that myself, but you don't look very old. I'm sure you don't have said that. <laughs> How old were you, Barry? Um, when I was diagnosed, I was just approaching 50, but um, uh, I've had symptoms of Parkinson's that nobody had put together because everybody expects people to be older, even doctors. Um, that uh, I've had symptoms since I was about 32. Gosh, yes, Uh, that is young, yeah. At 32, I totally lost my sense of smell, which is not great when you're uh, food-related. No, I mean, people don't realise how important the uh, sense of smell is but you hear these know these people who ask questions like if you could rather use your what sense if you had to lose it would you lose a lot of people say smell but you don't realize hold your nose or try and eat something when you've got a cold and see how different it tastes it's i i like to cook as well and uh, so i rely heavily on guinea pig family members to come in and taste and smell things because I can overdo garlic and spices quite easily. The stronger, the better, as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) But um, no, Parkinson's is is caused by the premature death of brain cells that make a brain chemical called dopamine. And we use dopamine for everything in our bodies, from walking to talking, from thinking to blinking and even from seeing to unfortunately peeing. There's no action that your body takes that you don't require um, dopamine for. So it can make daily life a little difficult because it comes with generally with movement disorders. Yeah. Uh, You mentioned just you lost your sense of smell. What other symptoms are usually associated with it? Um, there are over 40 odd symptoms of Parkinson's, (laughs) so I won't go through them all one by one, but the the one that most people know is the one that I have, which is uh, a tremor, and I have a right-sided tremor, but it will eventually spread throughout. Um, But there are things like bad stomachs and skin, I particularly get trouble with my skin, and um, all sorts of things like insomnia and fatigue, especially uh, for a lot of people, fatigue is the one thing they could really do without. Yeah, well, everyone could. Really. Yeah. <laughs> but it's 
it's hard to explain how tired a person can get. And uh, when I was originally diagnosed, um, I at that time was sleeping maybe 17 hours a week because of chronic insomnia. Yeah. And but feeling like I needed to sleep for a hundred years because of the fatigue, so it it can be rough. And the youngest person that we know of to date in the UK, or the youngest when he was diagnosed, is a guy called Matt, and he was seven when he was Gosh. diagnosed. And he's lived with Parkinson's now for 40 years. He's now 47. And there's a, a young guy who I'll give a shout out to because I know he's going to be listening to this. He's called Alex, who was diagnosed at the age of 11. He's currently, I think, 17, 18. Gosh, that's so. just mega surprising. Like, you're probably like me, Carl. Yeah, I've no idea. Yeah. People generally don't know, and and are really surprised when um, they sort of bump into you and things outside. I was once asked why I was shaking so much because it wasn't that cold outside, and I said, "No, that would be the Parkinson's." So, yeah. <laughs> awkward. Yeah, awkward for them. <laughs> it, it gets awkward for everybody in yeah. some cases, particularly again food related when when you're out eating and the tremor kicks in it can be a little awkward we tend to pick our food when we're out in public by those things that uh, we call uh, don't contain what we call the devil's vegetables <laughs> or the de devil's ingredients and they're things that everybody else copes with fine yeah but things that you really foolish to serve to somebody with tremor mm. something like soup yeah soup <laughs> soup goes everywhere and peas <laughs> and rice corn. and sweet corn <laughs> yeah and sprouts which are evil anyway and i don't mind living without sprouts that's a good excuse actually yeah, yeah. it's a really good excuse but uh, yeah they they're the things that uh, take a white tablecloth as a, uh, a desperate imperative to pres present an homage to Tracy Emin or Damien Hurst and <laughs> you just end up flinging your food all around the restaurant. <laughs> Where, yeah, it's different, but uh, some people take great exception to it and they don't understand what's going on and they can be at the worst a little patronizing uh, or no not the worst the worst is when they're absolutely vile yeah and and can say bad things i've asked been asked to uh, to move because i was making somebody feel ill i don't know how you do that by flicking sweet corn but hey yeah I They've obviously never seen me eat. <laughs> <laughs> like like uh, one of them Muppets, yeah. no thing. <laughs> it's, it's just one of the things that you have to think about that you didn't have to think about before. And uh, uh, I carry a, a, a little travel straw in my pocket that's reusable, so it's not going to hurt the the environment 
it's um and that's there because sometimes i just purely can't pick up my glass or cup or whatever without turning it into a fairly unguided missile which can then <laughs> risk scolding the general populace which i would expect them to be upset about what sort of measures are there to help you with your symptoms and stuff so medication wise or activities or anything like that well medications um i take uh two drugs for parkinson's uh one is called cinemet plus which is a dopamine substitute and the other uh, is what we call a dopamine agonist which sort of makes the most of what you actually have yourself and i have a dose of that first thing in the morning but some of the drugs can have unpleasant side effects and that one for me is is one of them so i only take a very small amount of that but the other things that we're finding out are really good for parkinson's are life as normal you know as much exercise as your body can take and uh, keeping as fit and well and as able as possible and i exercise for about an hour a day um, doing specially designed physio exercises and each week i go and, and swim or my version of swimming these days it's it's a little bit like an extreme doggy paddle but, right. yeah. but it works oh, that's good and the, the, the condition what how they treat it for most people is it pretty generic is it or people get the same two tablets and people get the same no it's advice? parkinson's is individual as we're all individuals they're everybody's parkinson's is a little bit different to everybody else's parkinson's although there will be some similarities um, we get something called brandykinesia which is stiffness in joints we get muscle stiffness and, and uh, cramps and things like that so some things some people will get other things other people won't um, there's a condition called freezing which instead of constant movement like i uh, generally deal with um, people freeze and literally freeze and cannot move at all for minutes hours sometimes a very long time indeed i have a friend who i met at glastonbury festival and uh, he tried to get into bed one night and it took him seven hours and he he just totally frozen so it's um it's something that comes with challenges and you know the it's bad enough when you're relatively young and able when you're getting older and facing the challenges that we all face when we're getting older as i am now beginning to learn because thank you for the compliment earlier but i'm i'm 62 so um it it's difficult when you're um any age to be told that you have a condition that is both currently incurable and degenerative so you will get worse over time and uh, I was, uh, I still am, 
uh, a parent, but now my kids are grown. But at the time of my diagnosis, they were both teenagers. So that's not something you expect to have to to deal with. And some of the folks I know have got much, much younger children. And in fact, one lady in Birmingham, uh, Shamsa, was diagnosed when she was pregnant with her first baby. So it's it's a, a condition that has many, many similarities, but it affects people so individually that it's difficult to generalise about. No, and you say it's incurable because once you've got it, you've got it. Where do they stand on ever curing it? Is there any measures been taken or yeah, stuff? Any Parkinson's research that's UK and Q Parkinson's Trust, and they are like so so dedicated to finding a cure that I think there is nobody that believes that it won't ever happen. It's just when we have. Uh, uh, a place in London which we call Brain Bank which is run jointly by uh, Parkinson's and the MS Society where they're desperately looking for the causes and the cure for Parkinson's and, and they're getting closer you may have seen the footage on BBC about the GDNF trials which is uh, a drug that had some spectacular effects for the people that took part but at the moment that that trials come to an end which we're all pretty sad about really because it did show some brilliant brilliant outcomes for some of the people that took part that's brilliant did you, have us i don't know if it was is there an implant you can get or something? Yeah, there's it, an operation. Because different kinds of Parkinson's yeah. and that's, yeah. that's for a certain kind. Or... Yeah, the, no, there's there's an operation that for some people um, will work and be a good thing for them, um, particularly younger people with early onset Parkinson's. Uh, it's called deep brain surgery Yeah. And uh, or DBS for short. And it involves uh, boring down into the top of your head and and uh, implanting wires into the brain, which then get hooked up to like a pacemaker. And that electrical disruption um, stops the constant movement. So if you're uh, very tremory or have something called dyskinesia, which can be caused by long-term exposure to the drugs they're very big and aggressive movements uh, that can do a lot of damage then obviously uh, if you're up to the surgery then the surgery can be a good thing yeah i mean i've just seen it on um I don't, there's an american program called ray donovan I don't know if you've ever seen it, but I the, uh, Eddie Marston is the uh, actor in it, and he plays it so well. He's an, a British actor, and uh, he plays some. His character's got Parkinson's in like the first two seasons, and then in the third season, he gets the uh, operation and an implant. The and that's implant, where I about the, it, yeah. the operation DBS doesn't stop Parkinson's. It 
you, as I said, may have any number of 40 symptoms, it will um, tone down and maybe control the movement part of Parkinson's. But the thing about eyesight, hearing, um, bad internal workings, bad stomachs and digestion and things like that, um, having very little immune system which we struggle with um, that won't be affected the only thing that will be affected is the movement so it's a bit of a band-aid really it's not really it's it's not yeah. a cure yeah it's, it's definitely it's not something cure. that that's hollywood for you though yeah. isn't it? <laughs> it's something that certainly helps a lot of people we, we kind of touched on parkinson's uk um maybe gal would like to tell us a little bit about the charity parkinson's uk and what what you do well we are parkinson's uk we are the only charity that um offers support information in the uk obviously there's in in america you've got the michael j fox foundation you've probably heard of that um but here in the uk we we're the the first charity that that people will go to. Um, we were established 50 years ago now, 50 years ago, last year actually, it was our 50th anniversary. Um, and we were first established by one woman in a tiny little office. Um, her sister had Parkinson's and she couldn't find any information anywhere. So she went out and did it all herself, found as much information as she could, and she set up the charity, Parkinson's. Um, But we are now quite a big charity. We're not as big as a lot of other charities, but we're a big-ish charity that can offer local support. We have um, a free helpline that people can ring up at any time if they've got any concerns or worries or just want to have a rant or just have any odd questions um we have local advisors in regions in communities that will talk to people either over the phone or face to face we have parkinson's nurses um in hospitals and clinics the website offers a huge amount of information literally it's it's an amazing website you go on there and you can just find out anything anything you want and it gives you information about local support groups that we have the support groups and the branches are all over the uk we have about 360 of those um and they are they're fantastic and that's where people can go if they want to meet up um actually on the website as well so there's a chat facility for people with parkinson's and their relations their their families because it's the family that is affected by parkinson's not just one person so there's lots of mutual support through the parkinson's website yeah, there is there's an awful lot. And for younger people, I actually have younger people that have got Parkinson's contact me and say, I'm not really interested in going to a group. Yeah. Um, what what else can we do? So we do, we offer peer-to-peer support. So we'll put people in touch with each other if they just want to maybe have a coffee or go to the pub for a beer. Yeah. Sometimes it's easier just to have a chat with someone else that's got the same symptoms as you. 
Um, so yeah, so as, as a charity, obviously we do research. That's our yeah. main our main job is to find a cure, really, and and we will find one. Um, we do a huge amount of research. We probably have about ninety research projects on the go every year. Um, we spend around 10 million a year on research. So this is, this is why it's imperative to raise the money so that we can carry on doing the research. I was going to say, is most of the funding just, um, like, uh, fundraising? Yeah, we don't get any government donations. We don't get any help at all from government. It's all public donations. Yeah. Yeah. So yep, every penny is raised by people like you and companies, businesses, um, trusts and foundations give us some grants. Um, and yeah, people just doing sponsored head shaves and walks and cake sales and dances. You know, it's it's amazing really Garden the support parties. we get. Garden parties, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we, we get a lot of nice support. But we're not a huge charity. We're not well known. So we're not the first charity that would come to someone's mind if you ask them. Um, it's usually the kind of charity that once you've got a family member who's affected, exactly. then you, yeah. that's when it comes to the forefront. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So we we try and raise as, as much awareness as we can, and that's what part of my role is in Birmingham. Yeah. I is, feel like that you do pretty good idea, um, pretty good at the whole... Uh, getting the name out there and stuff i mean we, we already spoke off air about youtube and how good the youtube channel is i mean i'd advise anyone to go and have a look at that just yeah even if you're not affected or you don't have family members affected just for information it's brilliant and then you're on instagram i think as well and uh yeah. facebook yeah and all that so yeah again for young people that's quite helpful as yeah well. definitely yeah, yeah we, we've definitely moved with the times and we are quite social media savvy now, so yeah, we're on all the social media platforms, and the YouTube channel is fantastic. Mm, you know, we, we like really we we do like to get people with Parkinson's and their families and friends involved, so obviously they can tell their stories. It, it works really well. We approach these things like most people do with uh, a degree of tenacity, but also with a lot of humour. There are, there's nobody funnier than the Parkinson's community because we know how important having a sense of humour is and that it it's not life as we planned it, but it's life as we know it. And if we're going to uh, have any sort of quality of life, then we've got to hang on to a sense of humour. And believe me, people with Parkinson's do. Do you find people like Michael J. Fox having it and when other people that are celebrities get it, do you find you get a boost in... Like, we've recently found out Ozzy Osbourne's just get it. Have you noticed on your website it's gone up a lot yeah. more? Yeah, we, we do tend to find that when a celebrity is diagnosed, um, we're the charity that the press come to to ask for a quote. So, for instance, um, I think it was last week, our CEO, Steve, was on BBC Breakfast talking about Ozzy Osbourne and his diagnosis, and that was quite last minute. So they would get in touch with our charity and ask ask him to go on and talk about it. Um, so he was on there last week talking about the diagnosis and about the charity um, as well as um, another lady Carol it was Carol who was on there and she had Parkinson's so she was giving an insight into 
what it could be like for Aussie. Um, but yeah, I mean, coming from Birmingham and then hearing that Aussie Osborne's got it, it's you, you know you, you do end up you got we got quite a lot of press off it, which it's good that we are getting the press, the publicity, because then it raises the awareness. But it's a shame that it takes that to get yeah. the awareness in the first place. And you can live with celebrity hauntings almost. I got stopped on a motorway service station um, by a guy in the car park who said, you got Parkinson's? And I said, yeah, I have. Thank you. Thank you for noticing. <laughs> and, uh, and he said, so how long have you boxed for? And I said, like, never. And he got really quite cross with me. And he said, but you must be a boxer. Muhammad Ali's got Parkinson's and he's a boxer. I said, so is Michael J. Fox. But I've never starred <laughs> in one Hollywood movie yet. And no. it's it's just weird. The, the things that those sort of celebrity diagnosis can bring to you because... As I said to you before, we're all different. We're all different people. And suddenly people think that we must have a lifestyle like Ozzy Osbourne or Michael J. Fox or Muhammad Ali. I'd love to have been able to fight like <laughs> Muhammad Ali. I I have to say, I'm, I'm not big in the fighting scene. Really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, 62, you've still got some time. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 Get a few drinks in you, you're right. <laughs> yeah, I'm, not, I'm, I'm a person that loves the world. When I've had a few drinks in me, I'm not, I'm not angry with it. <laughs> so you kind of half touched on your role there a little bit, Gail. Do you want to just tell us a bit, like specifically, what your role is at um, Parkinson's UK? Yeah, sure. So um, I look after Birmingham and the Black Country as a region and my role is basically to raise money and raise awareness for the charity and I do this by putting on events I talk to businesses um, trying to get them to choose us as their charity of the year I go out and do awareness talks which Barry usually helps me with Um, we'll attend events so if somebody's raised check uh, if they've raised 500 pound we'll go and collect the cheque and say thank you in person to them and get some photographs, put it on social media, again, get a bit more awareness. Um, and individuals that actually do event, they do their own events for us, I'll go and support them and make sure they've got everything they need, maybe go and do a speech or a thank you, give them materials, banners and buckets and things, that sort of, that sort of thing. So my day-to-day role is completely different it, it's so varied i could be doing i could be talking to a bank one day and then i'll walk be doing a walk yeah walking six miles in the mud in sutton park <laughs> the next day it's really varied but it's, it's a brilliant job i love it um and one of the things i love most is putting the events on because i'm out in the community i'm talking to people coming up with all these new ideas for the events and they're events that haven't been done before not, they haven't been done by Parkinson's, they haven't been yeah. done in the area, they haven't been done by anybody else. Is it you personally that comes up with the, somebody, or do you have, to, like, as part of a team, you help uh, have a bit um, of input in that? We have one nationwide 
event that we all do, which is the walk, sponsored walk yeah. for Parkinson's. So all over the country, we have about 40 walks a year mm. and they can be in stately homes or around national parks. Um, so I did my first one last year in Sutton Park and that was a six mile walk. And then we had a shorter one for people with children or Parkinson's who wanted to do it. Yeah. Um, but they all said, no, we want to do a longer walk. <laughs> so <laughs> this year I'm doing a slightly longer walk in Sutton Park. Um, and that was great. We we raised quite a lot of money for that. We had about 90 people turn up to that on the day, which That's was fab. That's a good turnout, yeah. Yeah, That's and really Barry, Barry was one of our marshals. <laughs> no, so, yeah, I have to recruit quite a lot of volunteers throughout the year as well. Yeah. So Barry's one of my helpful volunteers. <laughs> How long have you um, done your role, um, Gail? Um, I've been there just over two years now. What made you want to get involved with Park? Was there something in particular you wanted to get involved with Parkinson's for? Yeah, I, I've worked in the charity sector for about 16 years now, different oh, right. different charities. I've always loved working in the charity sector than anything else. Fair, it must be very rewarding. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's wonderful. You go to bed knowing that you've made a difference to someone's life, basically. Yeah. And it's it's good fun. And you meet so many wonderful people. And it's different. It's It's just a good good job and Parkinson's are a brilliant charity to work for I must admit um, and I love it I love my job so I I when I joined Parkinson's I didn't know anyone directly with Parkinson's yeah um, I knew what it was obviously I've worked with elderly people with dementia in the past um, and I knew a few of those that had got Parkinson's but <laughs> when I found out when I met people like Barry and I found out how it affects everyone, young people, old people, there's no discrimination. It, and it just touched my heart. And I was like, I've got to do everything I can to, to raise money for this charity and raise awareness. So that was my mission. My first year in the job was to get Parkinson's on the map in Birmingham. And I, oh, and, and, and I went to see Barry when, when the first couple of months and he gave me lots of cake and tea, yeah. which was fantastic. Well, <laughs> I was like, right, yeah, you're my friend forever now, thanks. <laughs> you do a lovely cherry cake. Oh, yes. I love that. Mm. I love that you love your job. I mean, I wonder how many people are sitting at home this Monday evening going, God, I, I love my job. I bet there's not many. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, and I, I am looking. I know I'm lucky. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's busy. It's stressful, it's hard work, but it after you've, for instance, when you've done an event, like after last year's events, you have such a high and you're just buzzing and it's just wonderful. And everyone's talking about it and, you know, you just, oh, you think the money you've raised, the awareness you've raised, you're seeing everything on Twitter. It's it's wonderful. It's fantastic. And Barry, you're, you have a certain role, you're an ambassador for Parkinson's UK. How long have you done that? Um, eight years. Um, I became involved because um, after finishing work, um, I was retired on ill health. Um, I wanted to give something back to the charity because when you're diagnosed with Parkinson's, um, I'd known for a long time that there was something wrong, but... yeah didn't know what and when I eventually saw uh, a neurologist who told me what was the the problem and um, they have to tell you that you have a degenerative condition and they have to tell you that there's currently 
no cure. So that isn't the best piece of news you'll ever receive. And it turns the family upside down. You know, I got my my wife with me at the time and she just dissolved into tears. And these guys were the people that came to help. You know, they told us all about the disorder. They told us where we could get help. They sent a local advisor out because I was just a bit down in the dumps. Yeah, I mean, yeah. for all the good that doctors and the medical people do, they're very clean cut, black or white, and yeah. it's not their job to say, well, chin up, it's not all bad. I've, this I've, might be good. Yeah, <laughs> I've got a good... Um, consultant and and I've got a Parkinson's nurse but they are stretched because the numbers of people with Parkinson's is rising in the UK um, it's it's gone up by about 60% or something like that is it rising or they're just better diagnosing people now they, the scientists tell us that it's, the numbers of people with Parkinson's are actually increasing throughout the world, and they don't know why at the moment, but that that increase is being noted, and of course, as part of that, the number of younger people with the disorder grows as well. So, but these these guys were. Exactly everything it said on the tin. You know, they gave us information. They gave us support. Um, they came out and talked not only to me but to my kids and to my wife. And when we were having trouble with getting a blue badge and stuff like that, they they came out and they helped with that. And the local advisor who's currently in post helped me apply for PIP because I don't know if you've ever completed one of these forms, but 72 hours of my life went on the first one just to be told no. Yeah, and uh, it was just, them. it was like, I'm, I'm not going to spend another weekend doing this. And um, no, they've been brilliant towards us. So... And I know towards uh, a lot of other people in Birmingham and the black country um, and nationally uh, because I'm I'm not the only person with Parkinson's who volunteers in this country. Yeah. So you, you decided there and then you wanted to give back by helping. Did, were you, was it always going to be as an ambassador? Or did you... The ambassador thing sort of grew. Um, yeah. I went the first thing I went to a conference organised by PUK um, for people with Parkinson's telling them what research was coming up and um, what they were trying to do and uh, one of Gail's colleagues approached me and said um, had I considered volunteering this I had, but I didn't know what I could volunteer doing. Yeah. Um, and she said, you could come and talk to us about your experiences. 
and you could talk to potential donors about your experiences and and other people um there is a national chain of stores who shall remain nameless um who uh one of their managers expelled a person with parkinson's from their store because he said that they were walking suspiciously and having problems moving is sort of part of the course with parkinson's so i was asked to go out and speak to their management program so we do things like that as well as fundraising we do the um the bridging of uh big business with uh the humanity of having parkinson's if you like yeah um and i've spoken to a number of companies who wanted to understand more for their customer base for their employees because lots of people with parkinsons are in the workforce of course they are yeah and uh, so i was originally recruited to go and do things like that and then went out to a local club in based in Coventry and was speaking there about some of my experiences um but trying to get people to be positive about their futures and about living with parkinsons and uh, somebody from head office was there who was from the research division and was giving a talk there and heard me speak and then I was asked if I would go into the head office and talk to people there and now I'm a regular feature on the welcome day for new members of staff so and it oh, yes. is as Gail said it's it's more than a charity it's there is a very big family feel to parkinsons and uh, I look forward to doing the welcome days it's really nice to meet the people who are busting their butts to help people like you and your your friends and family that's incredible um gail touched on a couple of events that you've already done do you want to tell us a couple of of the events that you've done in the past or yeah um the first event that i put on in birmingham was an abseil that was down a 200 40 foot building that was year before last um it was the first event for parkinson's in birmingham that i'd put on so it was a bit risky didn't know how it was going to go but how it, did it go it went really well yeah, <laughs> yeah we That's raised good. about 10 grand oh, nobody fell off yeah no one fell off um we, didn't you didn't do that no i didn't fancy that one no no no. Um, Did you do it, Gail? I've done an abseil before and Not I didn't one, enjoy it, so I didn't. <laughs> no, my excuse is that I have to be there to organise. It's a good so, excuse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was it was good fun and everyone enjoyed it. So, yeah, that, that was the first event. We loved that. And um, that was 2018. And then last year we did... I put the walk for Parkinson's on at Sutton Park. Yeah. And I put a fire walk on. 
That was that was interesting. What's, uh, firewalk. So you literally walk over hot coals. Oh, as it yeah. sounds. Yeah. yeah, walk through fire. <laughs> walk through um, fire yeah. yeah, so that was that was an interesting one. That so was uh, volunteers. For we that. had about twenty people for that. It's a hard sell. <laughs> it's a, it was actually a really hard sell, but um, yeah. the people that came loved it. We had I think th- three or four people who had who did it with park who has got Parkinson's. Oh, fantastic. So that was really amazing, and that was. Yeah, you didn't really want to do that, did you? <laughs> tend to shuffle and drag their feet. And so, you know, the thought, and I do, and I catch my toes a lot, and the thought of doing that on hot coals didn't fill me full of joy. Yeah, <laughs> so, definitely. It's, it's something you'd want to yeah. be over as fast as you can. Yeah. yeah, but they did it, and they loved it. And afterwards, they said, you know, that they, they felt such an accomplishment for doing it. So that, that, that that's what we like when we yeah. put that sort of challenge event on. So that was, at, uh, that was in October. And then in April, we did our first Secret Supper, which was our big event of the year, <laughs> which takes a lot of organising. <laughs> that's kind of what what brought us here today really is i seen it last year and i think we just missed it or something we didn't get did you because ah. we've been doing this about a year now so we've been keeping live little events and stuff but it looks fabulous yeah it was amazing it's it's last year it sold out within a month of the tickets going on sale yeah no i know and to be honest i was surprised um because it was a brand new event it hadn't been done before you know i'm not a restaurateur i'm not a chef so i was going cold talking to restaurants asking if they would be interested in this event um i had to pick an area and i picked the jewelry quarter because it was quite small and contained so the concept of the secret supper is guests buy a ticket and then they go to one restaurant for a starter another restaurant for a main and then a you third met, restaurant. Did you all meet at the Jam House? Yeah. Wasn't it? So everyone meets at the Jam House first, and then you get split up and go off into groups. So you basically get to try three different restaurants in one night. So you're trying different types of food. You might go to a restaurant you've never been before and think, actually, that's a lovely starter I had there, so I'll go back there again. Yeah. And you get to mingle and socialise and have a good laugh, meet people that you haven't spoken to before. So we had 165 people <laughs> wandering around <laughs> St Paul's Square. That's a lot of organisation. Yeah, yeah. It was brilliant, there wasn't it? It was um, so good. Four of them were myself and my other half, and two of our friends, and we had a brilliant night. It was, it was great for just eating and carousing and having a good time. But it was also good because there were uh, a lot of people with Parkinson's there as well, with people who knew nothing about Parkinson's and uh, were encouraged to to ask if they uh, wanted to know anything. And the first group I sat down in was uh, for our starter and uh, a guy introduced himself in our group and said, um, I've never met anybody with Parkinson's and I wouldn't know somebody with Parkinson's if they shook me warmly by the hand. So I turned around and said, my name's Barry. I shook his hand and I said, you have now. You have now. <laughs> and, uh, and, and it was just a really 
good night and people did ask questions and and that was fine um but we also had a, a brilliant time just being with friends and and uh, generally eating really nice food which is never a bad thing and yeah. perhaps drinking a little more than was good for certainly my wife <laughs> Yeah, the the food aspect of it was fantastic because the idea stemmed originally from an event that happens in Norwich called yeah. the Movable Feast, and that's been going for about ten years now. And that was a re that was set up by a chef, yeah. um, and so I sort of took that idea and adapted it slightly to work in Birmingham because obviously Birmingham's a massive foodie city. Mm -hmm. We love our restaurants, and we've got mm -hmm. some brilliant restaurants here. Um, and I wanted to do an event that would not only attract people and with Parkinson's and their friends and family, but people that had nothing to do with Parkinson's. And I wanted them to just come to the event because of the event. Yeah. And th this is what I've created. And so this will be an annual event now and it will get bigger and bigger each year. <laughs> I think you've managed to do that. Because, yeah. Like, I mean, as I said, I didn't know much about Parkinson's and neither of us have anyone affected by it or anything, but we both were like oh yeah <laughs> food yeah and the, the, just the concept of like even if it wasn't for charity it's a good exactly idea. yeah and so. that that was the feedback that we got when we first started talking to people um and the, i must admit the birmingham community and the businesses and yeah, everyone was fantastic the restaurants react? like was it an easy sell to the restaurants you walk in yeah it wasn't an easy sell yeah. no um because it was quite hard to explain the concept um, because to try and explain it <laughs> without sitting face to face, trying to explain it over email was impossible. So I had to literally go in and say, right, this is how it works. This is how the people move around. This is how many people you'll have. This is how quickly you need to turn that table around. This is the time they'll come in. And once I'd broken it all down for them, then they were like, oh, actually, so like, kind of worried good. about the logistics yeah. and the practical. Yeah. They were probably quite open to working for with a charity yeah yeah because yeah. i found with a lot of the restaurants you see what like psychalo's doing with um the homeless charity and obviously the wilderness there's a lot of i don't know if it's unique to birmingham or we're just biased but it seems like birmingham restaurants really care yeah i must admit yeah they, they do i mean and and i know now through my networking and, and contacts i know so many people that work in different restaurants and bars and venues and they're all open to helping you. You know that if if they if they're not interested in actually being one of the venues, they will give you a raffle prize. Or, you know, table for two for dinner. They're all just. It, it's a real community spirit I found when I was organising this last year, and then the same for this year as well. The, you know, the restaurants we've got on board for this year are fantastic. We've had to move it now because yeah. the jewellery quarter is too small, unfortunately. Yeah. Because we've gone from 165 tickets, which was our max, and now we've gone up to maximum 250. Yeah, a push. <laughs> so we've had to have more restaurants. We had six restaurants last year. We've got nine restaurants now. So we've moved it to the Colmore Row district because there's a lot more restaurants there's around a lot there. Of restaurants there. Yeah. 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 How's the planning gone for this year? As we just said, obviously it's back for 2020 and there's still tickets. Yeah, left. it's back. It's bigger. It's better. Um, we've got the date, which is 28th of April. It's a Tuesday. So we always do it midweek. One, because it's good for the restaurants, because yeah. it's a quieter night for them and it's easier for them to turn people around. And two people can come straight from work 
and that's what people seemed to like last year. Um, although I did have to book a few hours off in the morning, most of them. <laughs> um, but yeah, everything's planned. Um, tickets went on sale in December. We've sold half of the allocated tickets already. Um, we've got sponsors on board again, which is fantastic because for a charity to have sponsors, it really helps us obviously keep more profit. So we've got um, Sonny's Jewellery, who are based in the Jewellery Quarter, yeah, and Fraha Marketing. And they're sponsoring our welcome drinks at the Lost and Found. So everybody goes to the Lost and Found, has some drinks, get given a secret envelope. They have to also have a secret password to get in the door. Um, the Lost and Found have given us exclusive access as well oh, for the whole nice. venue yeah, that's good. for the welcome drinks, which is amazing. Um, it's just a really nice atmosphere. It's just fantastic. You know, once you... Oh, yeah, there's a raffle, there's an auction, there's a few little surprises on the night that I won't tell you because it's a secret. Secret. Uh, secret. It's secret. <laughs> secret. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's just a real buzz. It's once everyone's in, in there and they've got their envelopes and they're opening them. It's like, ooh. <laughs> so do you find out? You say there's more restaurants. You only you only go to three restaurants. Yeah. Do you just like right that fifty's going to they're going to them three restaurants and that fifty they're going to that them three restaurants. We sort sort of yeah we so we have the nine restaurants and. We normally split people into groups of about 25 to 28. So that group will then visit three of those restaurants. Um, I can tell you the restaurants if you want me to. It's not a secret. Oh, I thought it would be a secret. <laughs> no, no, because we did announce it at the... We had a press launch in December, so we have announced it. And what we like to do with the restaurants is give them a bit of exposure as well. Because, you know, they're, they're obviously helping us. They're giving us a really good deal. They're helping us promote it. So we want to give them give something them back some, as well. So yeah, we do a little, little showcase. Yes. That's fine, yeah. So we have the Lost and Found, which is also the Welcome Drinks venue. They're on board as, a, as one of the restaurants. We've got the Botanist, um, the Alchemist, Purnell's Bistro, a Chunging Central, Sabai Sabai, The Pint Shop, Gaucho, and Gino De Campo. Wow, they're all good. They're all really yeah, they're all good really restaurants. Good places, and they're a nice mix as well. So what I'll do when I'm when I have to then split all the groups, I need to make sure that they go into restaurants that will gel with each other. Mm. So I've got to have to then put a foodie hat on and think, right. <laughs> so if they're yeah, going there for a starter, they're going to go there for a main so what's going to work for dessert so that it's a nice mix then and does everyone meet back somewhere you say there's a raffle is the raffle done before or that's yeah done after? so the raffle and the auction is all done um at the welcome drinks at the lost and found um and then people go off at about seven ish for their first course and then they make their way around and then i mean last year people came back to the jam house and had more drinks and then carried on drinking. So I imagine this year we'll all end up meeting up somewhere as well and have more drinks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you touched on the atmosphere as well. We always like, we get invited to a few things now, like food wise, and it's normally just the two of us who go and everyone out. We started to know a few more people there now, but 
So a lot of the time you sit with strangers and we abs- I think that's became my favorite part of like going to these events because you, you're always getting chat. I think the language of food is universal and oh, what's that like here? Yeah, that's good. And then you get chatting and the next thing you know, you've bonded. And I think, does that happen on the night yep. as well? Yeah. Yeah, that definitely happened. I mean, I had people come up to me later on saying, and I didn't even, this didn't occur to me. They said, oh, that was a really good networking event as well. I've exchanged loads of business cards. I thought, oh, yeah, yes, networking event as well. <laughs> that's good. Um, but yeah, people made friends. People have now got new friends that they're in contact with which is really nice. And when they were walking around, obviously the groups were all passing each other, waving and saying, oh, I've just been to that restaurant. How was your starter? So there was that nice buzz and I think that'll happen again this year. So. That's the bit I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Anyway. I'm looking forward to that, making lots of new friends. It will. It's, and, and people did, didn't they? It's it's really good, yeah. The, the, um, the atmosphere was really convivial. It was really nice. You got people having a laugh and and having nice food and just spending time together in a way that you wouldn't normally do with people you don't know yeah and right. uh, it it was it was really really quite an eye opener plus when you have to tell people you know careful incoming blackberry you coming your way <laughs> it's it's it tends to break any sort of ice that there may be. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was a brilliant night, absolutely brilliant night. And uh, I, I was bowled over by it. It was the venues were great. The people uh, were wonderful. I went back and ate in one of the restaurants recently with a member of my family. Which one was it? Do you know, I can't remember the name, that's really bad. <laughs> but I recognised it was the one I went for my, my starter in, which, yeah, the smaller one. Yeah. Oh, I know which one it yeah. is. I can't pronounce it, though. <laughs> that's probably why I don't. Yeah, nice. <laughs> but the food was lovely, and, and the service was wonderful, and the guy there remembered me from the from the Secret Supper, which was really nice, so... It was um, it was a really good night, and I I just sell it to people. Forget the charity angle. Just if you know, if you want a really nice night out with good food and good company, it's there. Sold. <laughs> I'm sold. It's true. I mean, people that have booked so far this year, we had we've had a lot of repeat bookers. So yeah, obviously yeah. they booked first the minute they knew the tickets were on sale. But then we've got a lot of new people coming on that, you know, I don't know, that, that probably don't know anything about Parkinson's, but they know about the event and they've heard about last year's events that they've booked, which is great for us because it's a new audience. We get to talk to them a little bit about Parkinson's. We raise money. They'll tweet about it, you know, talk about it, talk about the restaurants. The restaurants are happy. And then maybe you know they'll come on and do something else later with us they'll help us they'll volunteer they'll come to another event you know and that's what that's that's the whole building process and then you know it it builds from there it goes on people in birmingham and the black country as you you touched on earlier are incredibly generous and once they know about something they're extremely supportive and We've had all sorts of people, local artists, local musicians, 
um, people from every walk of life supporting the charity in various events and it it is truly amazing how warm and uh, and good it makes you feel about being a brummie apart from anything else so we also had um some really good support from the food bloggers birmingham food bloggers yeah. and they they were fantastic last year and they've supported us again this year so they've oh, put it out on social media they've done blogs um some of them come along to the event as well so yeah oh, we've had, we had good, some yeah. really nice support yeah I had no idea. I I yeah. didn't I didn't have a clue it even existed, to be honest. <laughs> Honestly, until until you know, un until last year and now you know, I know them personally, I'll chat to them and they're happy to sports. It's fantastic. Yeah, that's it really is. I don't think you mentioned how much you raised last year. You know? We raised just over six thousand last year. Wow, yeah. Um and then this year we want to raise over 10. So I'm hoping because we'll have more people. More people yeah. So yeah, we should get that, that target. So tickets, uh, you can get them from... Yeah, tickets. I'll, I'll obviously put the, the links in the show notes. So just if you're listening to this, have a little look at the show notes and click on the link. Yeah, tickets are £35 per person. Yeah. That includes your welcome drink and your three-course meal. Bargain. It is a bargain. It is a good deal, it's and a lot good. of people have said that. They said actually that's really you know they'd pay that anyway for a three course meal, and um, they're helping charity, so and they're going out and having a lovely meal. So the tickets are available from www.parkinsons.org.uk forward slash secret dash supper dash twenty twenty. Or if you just type into Google Parkinson's Secret Supper, it's the first thing that comes up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, get on there and get them soon because we'll be doing a lot more promotion and then they will sell out. And once they have sold out, I can't stretch it anymore. Yeah, <laughs> so, you're lucky if you've got your tickets now. It's good. <laughs> I mean, what is it? We're coming up to kind of the pay weekend now in January. Yeah. So there was probably a few people holding off before Christmas and now they'll, hit, they'll go and get the tickets people like desperate for payday now I know I am <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know yeah so hopefully obviously we'll put all the links to all social media and everything on there as well fantastic um, yep was Brilliant. there anything else you wanted to mention before we wrap up or no just um, come along enjoy it make new people try new food you'll have a great time and you're supporting Parkinson's as well so yeah. why not yeah, I can't see a reason why you wouldn't. Yeah, exactly. Brilliant. You'll love it. <laughs> Just come along and and have a good time and uh, learn something about something maybe you don't know anything about, or maybe expand your knowledge about something that you already do know about, whether that be food or Parkinson's. Yeah, uh, that's true. It's uh, it's it's a really really brilliant night out. And uh, you never know, you might end up eight years down the line being a volunteer. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I sort of fell into this. So. Awesome, well thanks very much Gail and thank you Barry. It's thank been, you for having amazing. us, yeah. thank you very much. We've learnt loads. And Good. <laughs> hopefully we maybe educated a few listeners tonight yeah. I know I've been definitely been educated I've been surprised by a few things oh so. good that's what and we hopefully like hopefully it's a, well I'm pretty sure it's going to be a solo you'll love it <laughs> yeah I think you'll it, enjoy it I can't <laughs> wait yeah. thanks very much thank you so much thank you <laughs>